Hello, hello everyone, and welcome to episode 4 of season 3 of the Wormbrunner Podcast. I am your host, Justin, and for this week, I really want to talk about two specific things in general that is on my mind and I want to get off my chest. The first topic that we are going to be talking about is whether or not Puerto Rico should get an MLS expansion team, and my thoughts on that. I've been sitting on this for a couple months now actually and I've been building the material and the information that I feel like could make a strong argument for either to happen but I want to talk about that for this episode as well as it has been recently announced by the head of the U.S. men's and women's international teams that for the next appointment for the men's team specifically there is not going to be any restrictions at all having to do with salary or anything in general. They're going to try and sign the very best manager for the job. And I actually had an idea for one that I really wanted to see, but I've actually changed my mind in my own way by my research and everything. And I wanted to see what you guys thought as well. Be sure always I want to know what you guys think and have your ideas incorporated as well into this and and have this discussion because without these discussions, there is not going to be better U.S. soccer or better U.S. football or better football in general. That is what these discussions are for, whether it's for U.S. or for European or for South American. It doesn't matter. I want to have these conversations. If you have not already, go ahead and check out our Twitter. It is at WormburnerPD. CST. Our tag is at WormburnerPD. CST. Check out our Twitter. We have a Facebook as well. That is Wormburn, the Wormburner Podcast on Facebook. Facebook.com forward slash the Wormburner Podcast. As well as we also have our own website, the dash Wormburner dash podcast dot captivate dot FM. Again, the dash Wormburner dash podcast dot captivate dot FM. Without further ado, let's go ahead and get into this week's episode with our starting topic of whether or not the MLS should expand into Puerto Rico. Alright, so with this idea of Puerto Rico getting an expansion side, this idea was brought on by a clip that had actually been done by the Cooligans podcast, so I wanted to give them credit for kind of sparking this idea in general for the this episode of the podcast. So there are a few things to go over when it comes to this idea of a Puerto Rican expansion side. When it comes to the cons specifically, I, I want to go over these first, and... In no way am I saying is it not possible, but these hurdles need to be overcome to be able to make something like this happen, and by the amount of positives that I've been able to accumulate through the pro side, I feel like some of, most of these, if not all of the cons can be overruled or or not have as much of a damage as people would suspect these cons to have. So, the first one is very obviously travel is going to be a massive problem, being Puerto Rico is an island in the Caribbean. That's going to be a lot of travel for a team. And 
that those costs are most likely going to have to be subsidized by the league itself, if not possibly the owners, which is absolutely horrendous to even think about. But overall, these travel costs in general could sink the team before it even starts. And going into the pros, I actually have a way that I, I... think we could navigate around having those costs go lower and but we'll get into that later so the second one is it would be unfair for people in Puerto Rico to see this team play if they were to go to the United States for example for away games in this overall idea it wouldn't be fair especially if most of the population in mainland Puerto Rico won't be able to go if they don't if they can't make travel costs that's just something that's not feasible to them as well as point number three on the cons is weather plays an absolutely major factor in this and for points that we'll be getting into later Hurricane Maria, which is this latest hurricane or one of the later or earlier hurricanes that really, really damaged everything in Puerto Rico, it wiped out their league completely. And for those of you that are taking the question right now, to, wait, Puerto Rico had a league? Yes, we will be getting into that later. But it wiped out everything when it came to Puerto Rico in general, not not just the league. And so that would be a major factor coming into this decision as well. And then the fourth and final con, at least for this idea in general, is that there is so many other teams that have been set up by the U.S. Soccer Federation as well as Puerto Rico in general that have failed already. And we'll be getting into those teams in just a minute, but... This shows that the idea is there, and I'm not just talking about one or two teams. We're talking about five teams have been made to represent Puerto Rico, and there are certain stipulations in certain areas that, again, if these criteria are met, I feel like this idea can actually work. So let's go ahead and go to the pros when it comes to having Puerto Rico as, or have an expansion team in general in the MLS specifically. And that is the Hispanic heritage going into the MLS would be absolutely ridiculous. The amount of support this team would have in general we'll be getting into later, but the Puerto Rican population support in this team will be there. That is not a question. I I firmly believe that if a Puerto Rican MLS side was made, they would have support. That's without question. And it would also add not only to a population that isn't getting a direct link into the MLS, but it would also add more culture and more of a diverse dynamic into the MLS if this was to work. And I feel like that would be a a massive plus for the MLS in general to be able to tap into this fan base and say, 
hey, we want to create a side that represents you. And that would be amazing to me. It, and that's why I, I ran with this idea in, in general for Puerto Rico to have an expansion side. Going into point number two with this expansion side, with the powers that be in the economy and government and all of that, this can also be a massive boost towards the Puerto Rican economy. And I don't want to say that this would fix the economic problem in Puerto Rico. It, it is very bad. And th this could be just a drop in the bucket. But I feel like this would be a massive push towards helping. And being able to stimulate the economy would be a big plus. It, it, it would be a plus, at least moving that train in the direction of being able to help Puerto Rico economically through this expansion team to, if you want to buy merch, if you want to buy certain tickets, if you want to buy so on and so forth, that money can go into the Puerto Rican economy. And that would be something, if this idea would go to fruition, that would be stipulated when it came to the economy in general. That other than the ownership taking the percentage with, again, being owners, the economy can get boosted in Puerto Rico. And, and again, having to do with the stipulations in the ownership and the contracts, that can be argued at a later date. But that's point number two. Point number three, which goes to one of the cons that I've made, is travel. It's a big problem when it comes to this being an expansion team. And let me let me follow this up with point number four as well. 5.8 million people are just in the United States alone of Puerto Rican heritage. 5.8 million. I'll go ahead and say it as of right now. That is more than mainland Puerto Rico right now, currently. If I'm not mistaken, it's almost double. And to be able to have that base already here in the United States would be a big plus in general when it came to travel costs. And this is what I'm saying when it comes to helping to reduce those costs. Have home games not only in Puerto Rico. Maybe we could have a portion of the season go to Florida and have home game, uh, quote unquote, home games in Florida. We could also be talking about home games, again, quote unquote, home games being in New York, which is another big demographic for the Puerto Rican population. We can tap into that and be able to use that and and improve the MLS by having th this team involved in the MLS. And 5.8 million people are associated with the Puerto Rican heritage. And that's not including people like myself. I would be interested with, with the, a team from Puerto Rico anyways, just in general. It'd be amazing to be able to have a new team like that in the MLS. 
going to one of the cons that I had made, it is that with Hurricane Maria, it had wiped out the league in Puerto Rico. They have since collected and made the league back. But this goes to point number five. There is there is a league in Puerto Rico that shows that they that Puerto Rico has an interest in soccer. Obviously, I feel I feel like the majority of the world, in general, has a interest in football, an interest in soccer, and and that's where I I feel like we should be tapping into using that potential with the. Puerto Rican League and pushing it towards something else being bigger. On the side of that as well, there are very big teams that have already been tied very closely to the Puerto Rican League as well as the expansion teams previously having to do with the lower leagues of the United States. Those big teams are Pachuca from Mexico, Fluminense from Brazil, River Plate from Argentina, and Sevilla from Spain. All four of these teams have had academies or links, affiliation links, to a team from or in Puerto Rico, which is huge. It For me personally, having that kind of an academy... I, I know that there's going to be a lot of people saying, oh, well, they, they put teams everywhere. They have academies everywhere. They have affiliation links everywhere. But this point alone shows that there were specific teams, big teams, mind you, that saw a very big potential in Puerto Rico specifically. And that's what I wanted to tap into there with this point. My seventh point having to do with Puerto Rico getting an expansion side. They're already one of the best sides in the Caribbean. The only two that can top Puerto Rico is Trinidad and Tobago and Jamaica. And this is having to do with Continental specifically. Having to do with the Caribbean Club Championship. And by the way, shout out to all of my fans in Jamaica. I wanted to shout you out. I love you guys. With the Caribbean Club Championships... Puerto Rico is up there. They are one of the strong sides in the Caribbean that prove that they belong in this discussion of football. Going towards the overall population in mainland Puerto Rico as well as in the United States here, if you were to combine the two populations, we would be looking at a population of over 9 million people. I think if I, I added it all together, it was like 9.2 mil. So it's a very large population. We already have MLS teams across the nation. We already know this. But more specifically, if we were to count this population of 9 million people, that's larger that's a larger population than these states that already have an MLS side you have Kansas Missouri Utah Colorado Oregon Tennessee Washington state Minnesota and Massachusetts every single one of those states has an MLS side already 
and the combination of both mainland U.S. and Puerto Rico itself, mainland Puerto Rico, would outnumber all of those states, population-wise. So, to say that there is a base there to have this team, I feel like is an understatement, because there are smaller states with smaller populations that have an MLS side. They are interested. They have that interest. And to add on top of that, that's a million short. So the 9 million is 1 million short of both North Carolina and Georgia's population, which, again, both of those have MLS sides in them. So it begs the question, is this really worth pursuing? That goes to the Puerto Rican FA has openly stated that the country is going to try and qualify for the 2026 World Cup here in the United States with the joint bid with Canada and Mexico. I genuinely want them to qualify. I feel like at least with this qualification going into the World Cup, they have a better chance with three of the teams already being qualified. Why not? They have a good shot. They they have proven on the club level that they are one of the better Caribbean sides. Why not do it on the international level? So the Puerto Rican FA are looking for ways to improve Puerto Rican soccer. This could be one of the ways to add into this and add that benefit to the country of Puerto Rico. If we were to take, and this is point 11, by the way, this it's a very long list, but point 11, the largest capacity stadium in Puerto Rico, if that stadium was sold out every single game, which that's a tough ask in itself, but it could happen. You never know. If every single game was sold out in this large capacity stadium in Puerto Rico, you would be looking at a attendance larger than a third of MLS sides on average. So they would outsell Orlando City, NYCFC, New York Red Bulls, FC Dallas, Houston Dynamo, the Vancouver Whitecaps, DC United, CF Montreal, Chicago Fire, San Jose Earthquakes, Colorado Rapids, and Inter Miami. It's a third. A third of the MLS sides would be outsold if every single home game was, was sold out in Puerto Rico. And again, that's in Puerto Rico as well. That's not including mainland as, as well. So the number the that number could go higher, especially if we're talking about a larger capacity stadium. I think when it came to the stadium in Puerto Rico, we were looking at, I think it was 25,000, 25 or 26,000. So we're looking at a decent amount of people in that stadium. And that's not including, again, the larger capacity stadiums that are in the United States that could be utilized for quote unquote home games. Going towards the point of Hurricane Maria, the weather being a huge problem. Within the statement of the Puerto Rican FA, the Puerto Rican FA, opening up and saying that they want to qualify for the 2026 World Cup, they have already come up with plans and are looking to incorporate eco-friendly stadiums. And what that will include is not only will it serve the purpose of a, a stadium for the soccer team, 
but it would be able to withstand, and this is according to reports, it would be able to withstand a magnitude 7 earthquake or a Cat 5 hurricane, which is ridiculous in itself. But, but going and, and saying and stating that they want to build these stadiums, we could be talking about a larger capacity stadium than the largest stadium in Puerto Rico that could be utilized here. Again, we're, we're talking about higher attendance numbers than a third of MLS sides that could potentially be happening here with this idea. For my next point, I want to go on and say that with this multi-nation idea, quote-unquote multi-nation idea, because the MLS is not just the United States. We have three teams in Canada that perform in the... That compete in the MLS, as well as a, this would be a fourth foreign team, quote-unquote, foreign team competing in the MLS. Why would that not be okay, if that makes sense? Because we're not the only league in the world that competes with different nations competing in the said league. So, in Australia... There is a New Zealand team that competes in the A-League in Australia. This can be done. As well as there is a team in Singapore that plays and is predominantly Japanese. They have Japanese players that play in this league in Singapore. I believe it's called the S-League. I don't want to be too specific because I could be wrong there. But as well as there is a multi-nation league that is at the big time. We're talking top five in the entire world. And that's England. England is a multi-nation league. All the teams having to do with the English pyramid are not all from England. There's a couple Welsh teams in there, as well as Guernsey, Jersey, and the Isle of Man, which is another island and separate government away from England itself. But... Again, you have these areas where they have teams from outside of of their borders competing in these larger leagues, and this wouldn't be a far-off idea. I don't see why this wouldn't be able to be possible. And going into my final points, and this is probably the biggest hitter in my personal opinion going into this argument... There have been ideas and teams already founded that were from Puerto Rico itself. So there were five teams that have already been made. They have sadly dissolved since then. But those teams were the Puerto Rican Islanders, Puerto Rico FC, Puerto Rico United, Club Atletico River Plate Puerto Rico, again going to one of the academies with River Plate specifically, and then the fifth team was Sevilla FC Puerto Rico, which, going back to the affiliation, Sevilla being there. But there have been five teams made to enter the MLS specifically. Now, the reason I point these five teams out, you may have caught earlier in the discussion, I may have said it, but it was specifically in the lower leagues. 
And that is where I feel like the big mistake was made when it came to having an expansion team in Puerto Rico is because they put them in the lower leagues. Because in the United States, it's a closed system. They cannot work their way up to the MLS. There's no way for the team to work their way up into the MLS unless they buy a way in. Or the ownership just creates a team there, which this is where the idea is coming from. (laughs) There is no way for the team to grow if they're already the champion of the third division in the USL League One. Let's just say that as a wild example. There's no way for them to grow past that. They can't go to the USL Championship next year. Then they can't go to the MLS the following season if they if they win the USL Championship that year. There's there's no growth. So if there was if there was a team in the lower league, there's no growth ability there. And that's why I wanted to make that point. Of I feel like that's why one of the reasons. It failed was because it was in the lower leagues, because it couldn't get the support. And we're also talking about a time frame here where these teams existed that football, soccer, was not that big in the United States. So this was this was kind of a brand new idea in general. So I feel like having waited to where the football soccer community is now in the United States. Now we should be talking about it. Now we should be thinking about maybe Puerto Rico could have an expansion team. Why not? It's it's not without the, it's not outside of the realm of possibility. That's where I really want to make that idea click. And let me know what you guys think in the comments below as well as on our Twitter and Facebook pages with the posts having to do with this episode, I would absolutely love to hear them. That is my pros and cons having to do with an expansion team in Puerto Rico. Without having to say too, too much, yes, I would be absolutely thrilled and ecstatic if an MLS side was announced in Puerto Rico or a team in general was announced in Puerto Rico. It doesn't have to be in the MLS, but having to do with the previous foldings of previous teams I feel like go big or go home aspect kind of thing do it in the MLS I feel like it would have the most support in general in the MLS so before we get into my candidates having to do with the U.S. men's national team I wanted to take a minute and say that based off of a couple of polls on Twitter I wanted to come up and state the idea that I've come up with having to do with Twitter space in general. So there is the feature on Twitter having to do with Twitter space. And it's just an area for people to conversate, have a good time, have fun, have jokes, have laughs, have serious discussions. It's whatever you guys want. And I wanted to go ahead and state that as of currently right now, I am looking to make a Twitter space once a day, every single week, And I'm looking to maybe incorporate Football Manager into it in a way. So I've I've thought about making it FM Fridays. So just talking about football in general and then going and talking about Football Manager maybe on the side. And I'll be playing Football Manager most likely because 
you know, whenever I do have downtime, that's kind of where I gravitate towards because it's fun and it's an amazing game. If you don't, if you haven't played it, I highly, highly suggest that you do. But anyways, that I wanted to talk about that and say that if you guys were interested, go ahead and follow the Twitter page if you have not already, and I'll be able to show the links and, and have all of that for the Facebook and having to do with the Twitter space so that way you guys can stay connected to me. I'd, I'd love for you guys to show up and have you guys talk with me and, and ask questions or we can have a discussion over pretty much anything. And, and I would absolutely love to hear from you guys. And that is going to be the little idea for this upcoming Friday. So stay tuned on that. And let's go ahead and get into the nominees that I would make for the U.S. men's national team. All right, so going to our section having to do with the U.S. men's national team next signing, having to do with the managerial position, going off of the U.S. Soccer Federation CEO, J.T. Batson, he has stated that there's going to be no limitations for finances or scopes for the next appointment of the U.S. men's national team manager. This is absolutely incredible to hear. This is something that I want to state that this could really launch us so far as a nation on the national level. And I have three candidates that I wanted to talk about. And the very first one that's very extremely out there. This is just one that I saw. He is a free agent as a manager right now. This would most likely not happen, but in the off chance it does, who knows? <laughs> I, I wanted to state that my if all scenarios were fit into this perfect little ball, the number one appointment should be Zinedine Zidane, because why not? We're talking about one of the greatest players of all time could be the manager of the U.S. men's national team. I don't want to spend too much on this idea, though, because, again, there are so many things that have to line up perfectly for this appointment to happen. So, again, I don't want to spend too much time on it because the main obstacle is one of the same reasons why Manchester United didn't really pursue Zinedine Zidane. Not only could Zidane not even be interested in coaching internationally like he was coaching Manchester United, but he doesn't feel confident, at least based off of his interviews and reports, he doesn't feel confident in his English when it comes to coaching. And I definitely feel for that. I, It's one of those things that if you don't have that kind of confidence, then, I mean, it, it faces a lot of people and going towards another player, more specifically, Sergio Aguero had a massive problem with English having to do with his time in the Premier League. He loved his time with Manchester City. It's nothing to take away from his time at Manchester City. It was just something that was a problem to him. And there's no harm in in having those problems in general put out there. And that's why I wanted to say, again, with all situations, all scenarios crumpled up into this perfect little ball that's who my appointment would be because again one of the greatest players to ever play would be the manager of the u.s men's national team it would be an absolutely incredible 
incredible signing for the U.S. men's national team. But one of the more recent ones that I was actually on the bandwagon of originally going into this idea was Jose Mourinho. He is arguably one of the best managers out there in general that has already stated he wants to coach on the national level. So he has multiple Premier League titles, multiple Serie A titles, one La Liga title with Real, as well as a Champions League, a Europa League title, and a Europa Conference League title. He's won so many major titles in Europe to have that kind of an influence on the national level for the United States would be massive. And it would be a huge point of interest in general saying, we are here. You, in a way, it would demand respect because we signed one of the greatest managers and to have that kind of an appointment would be a massive deal for the U.S. men's national team. Now, in my research, I know having Jose Mourinho would be a massive positive, and I don't want to take away from that. But I did find one negative, at least personally, that I don't know how many people have actually considered, and that is... International management is a completely different beast from club management. And I'm not saying that Jose Mourinho couldn't do it, because he definitely could. He's he's Again, he's one of the best managers to ever grace the pitch in the terms of the soccer dugout or the football dugout. I, I don't want to say that would happen to him. He would fail on the international level. But again, it's a different beast. International soccer is completely different. You don't have all of these training sessions. You don't have all of this time with your players day in and day out on a yearly basis. It's only a few weeks every other month, or there could be months between your time seeing the players. And that could be a a, a, a difficult task for any manager, not just Jose Mourinho. So could that be a great appointment for the U.S. men's national team? Absolutely. But there is one manager that I am actually looking at, and this in itself doesn't sound like the greatest manager to manage the U.S. men's national team. But... Maybe it is. Maybe there's an off chance that it is. And not only are we talking about a great manager, but we're also talking about one that is very, very seasoned in the international field, specifically. And that is Jesse Marsh. I'm <laughs> I'm kidding, guys. I, I'm, I'm sorry to joke around like that. But uh, the real person that I actually have my thoughts and my ideas towards is Joaquin Lowe. Now, I know you guys are thinking, wait, what? Hear me out here. He doesn't have the greatest managerial 
record when it comes to club level. He managed Stuttgart as well as Fernabache and even Austria Vienne. That was probably the largest clubs that he ever managed in general. But in 2004, when Germany lost horrendously in the European Championships, it, 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 was, it was not a good look for Germany. They ended up losing to the Czech Republic as well as, I believe, drawing Latvia, which was like, what in the world is going on here? Germany was absolutely humiliated in this 2004 European Championship tournament. And Germany said, in 10 years, we want this international setup completely revamped, completely 180 degree turn. We want a World Cup by the end of this in 10 years time. And in 2006, more specifically, July 12th of 2006, Germany appointed Joachim Lowe. And I could be butchering his name. I, I wanted to also state that point as well. But anyways, Joachim Lowe was appointed in 2006. He just recently left the job in 2021. But to say that this man has not done unbelievable things for the German national side. I know in recent, more recent times, he has been under a lot of scrutiny for the more recent World Cups that Germany was involved in, more specifically the 2018 World Cup, but that's beside the point. This man has a track record of great development and bringing the best out of players on an international level. And that's why I wanted to throw Joachim Lowe's recommendation into this discussion because we are looking for the best on the international stage. Yes, Jose Mourinho has said that he wants to coach on the international level, but I don't know 100% if... It, this could be an extremely controversial opinion... But I don't know if I want to put all of my eggs in the basket having to do with Jose Mourinho solely due to, due to the fact that he has not managed internationally. That's just my personal viewpoint. Because, again, as stated before, international soccer, international football is completely different from club soccer. Club football is completely different. It's a completely different beast. And what better manager than Joachim Lowe that knows the international setup, knows how Germany specifically turned it around in less than 10 years to win a World Cup? I think that would be an absolutely phenomenal signing for the U.S. men's national team, personally for me. But... As I've stated already previously in the episode, let me know what you guys think in the comments below of the episode releases on Twitter and Facebook. 
If you have not already, go ahead and follow our Twitter page at WarrenBurnerPDCST. Again, that is WarrenBurnerPDCST. And also our Facebook, Facebook.com forward slash The Warren Podcast. And if you have not checked out our website, it is the Warrenburner podcast.captivate.fm. Be sure to check all of those out. Thank you guys so much for making it to the end of this episode. I hope you guys enjoyed it. And thank you, thank you, thank you. A million times thank you for making it to the end of this episode. I hope, like I said, I hope you guys enjoyed it. And be sure to watch out on Fridays. I really want to start doing the FM Fridays on Twitter with the Twitter spaces. I would absolutely love to have you guys there. It would be a great treat to be able to talk with you guys and just chill out over FM and and talk football. It'd It'd be really, really nice. So without further ado, stay safe, have fun, love soccer, and I'll see you guys next week. Ciao, everyone.